Denver Sports presents the Mile High Baseball Podcast. Here's Jake Shapiro of denversports.com. Hey, welcome into the Mile High Baseball Podcast. I am Jake Shapiro. Thank you for joining. Uh, Very happy to have you. It's a lovely day in Denver, Colorado. Hey, you know, there's only two ways the baseball games don't happen. It's, you know either a rain or an off day and uh yesterday we had both the rain and uh the off day uh very exciting time though in denver i'm wearing my denver nuggets jersey because of how awesome the nuggets have been um and it's it's great it's great uh it's a great time to be a denver sports fan and uh i'm just i'm just tweeting out the link so i'm sorry um cool the Rockies are one of the hottest teams in baseball. They are. Uh, it's an, it's, it's, they've joined um, the Denver Nuggets and being an actually exciting story here over the last couple weeks. Um, they're now at 16 and 22 after uh, winning four games in a row. They dropped two and then they won two and then they won another two. They come home and they're going to face Philadelphia over the weekend and then Cincinnati. Uh, the Philadelphia series uh, will be interesting because the Phillies have been performing below their expectations. So do they get right against the Colorado Rockies? Uh, you're going to get Taiwan Walker, Ranger, uh, Ranger Suarez, and Aaron Nola in that series, two really good pitchers against Gomber, who seems to have started to maybe turn it around, Feltner, who's been solid, and then Freeland, who's been really decent this year. Um, you're also going to see Hunter Green for uh, Cincinnati in this homestand when uh, the Reds come in. So and Hunter Green was a big-name prospect. So you're going to see some cool things. But late-breaking Rockies news just moments ago, uh, and I'm going to start here, uh, they are shaking up their starting rotation again in the ever-evolving need to fix their starting rotation this year because of the season-ending injury to Herman Marquez and also the fact that Antonio Sensatella was injured and then is now injured once again. Uh, Sensatella, we're waiting for a status update on him, but he has the dreaded forearm tightness. Uh, and that is normally really, really bad. That's what Marquez had, and that's a sign of perhaps some UCL damage, which leads to Tommy John. So the Rockies are going to be looking for some answers uh, in their starting rotation, just some guys to eat innings. And thus today, uh, in need of a starter, Chase Anderson, 35 years old from the Tampa Bay Rays, has been claimed off of waivers. Uh, Chase Anderson, you definitely are familiar with because – he was really good for the Arizona Diamondbacks to start his career and then was part of the Milwaukee Brewers rotation when the Rockies faced them in the playoffs. Uh, Anderson had a really good year in 2017, followed it up with a decent year in 2018 when the Brewers were kind of at their high point, uh, and then has bounced around since, and he hasn't been very good since. Uh, he was a below-average pitcher for the Blue Jays, then the Phillies, then the Reds last year, and... Um, He's already flamed out with the Rays. So he was tried to be a, or they tried to make him a bullpen arm. 
Uh, he got two relief appearances with the Rays, but he's been a starter basically his entire career, said for a few outings here and there. So the Rockies are totally acquiring him in the need of someone to come in and eat some innings because the Rockies just lack depth in their starting rotation. They lack high-end talent. Um, Chase Anderson, what is interesting is the way he profiles as a pitcher because he's a three-pitch guy, uh, four-seam cutter, change-up. Those are the pitches that should play well at Coors Field. He induces a lot of ground balls. Uh, Strikeout rate is okay. Walk rate is just okay. So he shouldn't be a guy that comes in here and is too affected by Coors Field. He's going to be a guy that's either past his prime and bad, and it has nothing to do with Coors Field, or he'll be just okay and part of a you know a plan to just get the Rockies out of this bad situation they're currently in. And again, uh, the bigger news today is whatever happens um, with uh, Antonio Sensatella. I don't know when it's time to have the Ryan McMahon conversation. I don't know if we're going to have it yet. Um, but it's starting to become time to have the Ryan McMahon conversation. Look, I am going to come out as the biggest Ryan McMahon fan that there could about possibly be. Uh, Ryan was the high school quarterback for one of my old college roommates uh, who was the wide receiver at Modern Day. Uh, They were teammates at Modern Day in L.A. Ryan gave up football uh, where he could have gone to USC to play for the Colorado Rockies and be a first-round pick or a second-round pick. It was like early, early second round. But he was a high-round pick, and he's long been a really popular prospect with the Rockies. He came through. And he's had some some okay years. He was given a nice contract extension. Last year was certainly his best year, following up a solid year in 2021. Uh, I don't know how much of an effect right now the fact that he's moving from position to position is having on him. Um, it certainly would have an effect on me, but the Rockies have moved him back from second base to third base because Montero just couldn't crack it. Um, McMahon has a negative .1 war. He's batting... 205 right now uh ops plus of 68 which means he's roughly 32 percent under league average in terms of the hitter at the plate uh he has hit four home runs and he's batting 205 like i said and he has 16 rbi in the 132 at bats he's had over the course of 37 games i don't know when it's going to turn around for ryan mcmahon but it needs to look a lot better than this the strikeout rate is up like 8%. The walk rate is down, like all the telltale signs. The bad bip is about the same. Um, so it's just all the telltale signs of like a guy that's really struggling. Um, his barrel percentage is actually up this year, and his hard hit percentage has stayed the same. So these are things that are concerning to me uh, because of you look at the rates and you look at what some of going into the overall numbers. And you're wondering um, if it's even going to turn around. And yes, the war is going to be a little bit worse because he played second base and it's not as premier of a position as third base. But the reality of the situation is, is you need to be producing at a high level from a from a power standpoint if you are a third baseman in Major League Baseball. And Ryan McMahon, who hit 20 home runs the last two seasons and, you know, was on pace to do so in 2020, had that been a longer season and did so in 2019. He's a 20 home run, 70 RBI kind of guy. I have a hard time seeing him get there this year unless he gets hot. And he's always been a guy that's been a slightly below league average hitter. 
and his defense is made up for it. So maybe the the shift to third base will make him feel more at home. It'll maybe also make the numbers look a lot better. But right now he's been uh, one of the worst Rockies uh, who's consistently playing. C.J. Crone and Jerks and Profar are there as well. Uh, I've talked a little bit about Crone, but he's also hitting 205. Profar's hitting 157. And look, this isn't, I mean, it's still early, but it's it's not early we're we're six weeks into the season uh you know if you're batting below 200 at this point you have gotten off to an atrocious start and it's not just one or two series or a home trip or or, or a road stand you know home stand or a road trip uh i can't believe i did that um so yeah i i think i'm legitimately concerned with some of the guys on the rockies roster right now and the lack of production we're getting, especially from first base, third base, and left field. Like, those should be positions where you've got guys that are just bopping, right? Like, you got guys that are hitting the ball, hitting it consistently, and the combination between them have hit 15 home runs. Like, it's just, it's not going to be good enough, even with the Rockies playing well. Um, I think a lot of what the Rockies playing well has to do with uh, is the fact that their their bullpen has been mostly good. Jake Bird has been a revelation for this team. Um, Brent Suter has been really solid. Brad Hand has has rebounded and turned back into one of the better relievers that he was at you know his peak. So those are the exciting bits. I also think the most exciting bit, at least from my perspective, is what Ezekiel Tovar has been up to and the emergence of Bretton Doyle. Um, let's start with Bretton Doyle. Yes, it's only been 14 games and 40 plate appearances. So take this with a massive grain of salt because, you know, he's not even producing well at the plate. But I've said this for years, years and years and years. I've talked about how the Rockies would be so much better off with a defensive center fielder. And you almost just take whatever more you can get at the plate. Uh, and the reason why is the Rockies have the largest outfield in Major League Baseball. And it, it's by far now since the Miami Marlins have uh, shrunk their outfield. They need a rangy guy. And I've always wanted to see them with a rangy guy out there just to see what it would look like. Because when's the last time the Rockies had a good defensive center fielder? Has it happened in team history? I don't know. Dexter Fowler was solid for a little while, but he wasn't a plus fielder. So the fact that we're getting uh, Brenton Doyle come in and he has been solid as a outfielder and center fielder right away, including that, um, that throw out he had at the plate the other night. This is really exciting stuff. Uh, hopefully his back comes around and he figures it out at the plate. It's very early on in his career, like I said. Um, but the theory of team building with the Rockies, I think, relies a lot upon, uh, at least if it's successful, relies a lot upon defense and speed. And speed was missing largely from their last contention window. Defense was what made their infield so good. They have the best infield defense in baseball. The Rockies have largely not had great outfield defense in years. Cargo was awesome. Dexter Fowler, for a time, was pretty solid. Um, so that's what gets me excited about Bretton Doyle um, is the fact that his defense is so solid. Meanwhile, he didn't have a hit in the Pittsburgh series, um, and he's only got eight hits on the year. So, again, he, he needs to produce more at the plate to justify having his defense out there, but he's a guy who could very easily be, you know, a 230 hitter who only hits 15 home runs, 10 home runs, and 
is valuable to your team because of the defense. Um, and, you know, the Rockies have never really had a great catcher or a great defensive center fielder. Those two, those are two things they've lacked their entire franchise's history. Elias Diaz has been their best player so far, their catcher, which is, again, hilarious to say because he's been at a time, at least in times and points of his career, the worst player in baseball, but he has been good and he has been really important for them lately. Randall Gritchich has been a very welcomed addition to the lineup so far. Uh, came out hot, uh, has continued to be solid, but again, I, I come back to the most exciting part of the Rockies to me, and that's Ezekiel Tovar. This whole season is whatever happens here and there, it's all ancillary. It's Ezekiel Tovar. And to a larger point, a little bit of Zach Veen and Montero as well. But this is about Ezekiel Tovar and his development. And over the last, oh, I don't know. I I remember him turning around my brother's birthday, which is at the end of April. So over the last like 16 games or so, just looking at it right now, he's he's batting 276, 312, and 500. Uh, Are the splits two home runs? um, So. Seven, eight extra base hits of his 16. The power's starting to come along. You see his development as a shortstop. He's going to be a legitimately solid MLB shortstop. Um, you're starting to see it with Tovar, and, and that's that's exciting uh, because it is going to take the rookie a while, and he has you know some bad moments, and he's going to continue to have some up and down moments. But you're starting to see it over the last few games with Tovar, and that's a big reason why the Rockies have started to turn it around. Uh, just on the fact of mentioning Zach Veen, um, Zach Veen over his last, since the start of May, has gotten hot, so seven games, batting 462 over the last seven games, uh, which is just a huge sign because right now at A, he's been a 210 hitter over the course of... 200 plate appearances, 228 plate, uh, 228 plate appearances, 200 at bats. Like this is not a small sample size. So I was like literally an episode or two episodes away from doing, I am the very concerned with Zach Veen pod to, he started to turn it around. So I'm monitoring that closely with the Hartford yard goats right now. Uh, that's one of the main things. And I think with major league baseball TV now, MLB.TV, you can actually watch MLB games. Um, that's something I'm going to get into here as soon as hoops ends. Um, Charlie Blackman's been solid, but again, you're looking at the Rockies over the course of the last few games have been one of the hottest teams in baseball. They're still eight games under 500, still a lot of work to do if they're going to be able to make any sort of noise this year, but eight and two stretch over their last 10. Uh, it's been worth watching, and now I'm curious about coming back at home. Uh, seven and nine at home, nine and 13 on the road this year. Obviously, their win percentage is better at home, but I think they've played better on the road a little bit. And like I've said for a while, the telltale sign of a good Rockies team is they're better on the road. I, Again, I, I've said this team's probably going to lose 100 games. This is not a good Rockies team, but it's a little hint of a sign that they may be belt, built better for the future than we believe, or maybe they've just had a weird six weeks. It's baseball, as Bud Black says, so it's hard to know for sure about anything. But that's what the news with the Colorado Rockies over the last couple days. Um, just making sure I haven't missed anything uh, while I've talked to you about this recap because I'm making sure this uh, Antonio Sensatella news has not come out just one last time. Nope, it hasn't. Uh, another little interesting bit, too, is Jonathan Daza 
uh, is still with the organization after being DFA'd. He was outrighted to Albuquerque. He could be, you know, a, a depth piece for someone of value later on. And Austin wins come up for Brian Severin. They claimed wins off of waivers, who has just bounced around the entire National League. I kind of like now the fact that they've left their 40-man roster a little bit open for the ability to grab some reclamation projects because that's what this year about is about again finding some prospects that could surprise you uh reclamation projects and ezekiel tovar and the rockies are playing good baseball for their last little stretch uh i'm jake shapiro uh this is the mile high baseball podcast you can catch us every friday at one o'clock we go live uh i'm gonna get down there this weekend for their matchups with the philadelphia phillies the fighting phils and the cincinnati reds uh see if we learn anything from the rockies this weekend or if they can keep the the hot streak alive uh that would be fun to see uh them do that here at home as the weather starts to warm up rain rain go away uh and i will see you next friday